everybody. Welcome back to Black Belts. Or Bust. I'm Misty. I'm Keely. We're still doing that. And Misty, where are we today? We're in the sauna. Ugh, the sauna is so great. Yeah, it's our favorite place, especially now that it's uh, getting colder. But we did our uh, 6.30 a.m. training. It's, I feel like all of the girls are flocking to Starbucks right now for all of their pumpkin spice shit. Yeah, I've already been drinking the... You have? The pumpkin cold brew. I don't do the regular pumpkin spice latte. Okay. I think okay. it's gross. Um, I'm just not a fan of pumpkin. I... We just lost half our listeners. I know we did. I love pumpkin pie. If it's like real pumpkin, yes. Like pumpkin pie, pumpkin bread... The pumpkin pie seasoning with the cinnamon and the nutmeg and like the clove, I love that. And then the okay, so some like roasted pumpkin, like Brian makes a really good like roasted pumpkin bites. Mm -hmm. I can do that, and I love squashes. So like I love that fall because there's like so many squashes to be able to integrate into your diet. Where there's like delicata, like it's just (gasps) wonderful. Okay, I love delicata squash, and I saw it was back at Trader Joe's, like ninety nine cents per squash. So I got those. We always go to Sprouts. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Now I'm going to get like go buy groceries once I get a rental because the truck's dead again. <laughs> truck's dead again. Okay, so Misty, what are we talking about today while we suffer in the sauna slash enjoy ourselves? <laughs> Was it competition prep? Yeah, so we are talking about day of or maybe even the night before, depending on those of you that are weighing in the night before. Competition day tips and tricks in terms of what to bring, Mm -hmm. the kind of mentality to have. I know we just had a big episode about overall mentality, but there's also some things to, like, reconsider day of. um, Things you should have already done, things you should be doing, etc. So, I guess where do we want to start? Well, okay, so I want to start by saying find your little routine that works for you um like a lot of people like to listen to music I found out that I can't listen to music before I compete yeah for me it's hit or miss yeah um I don't know if it's the type of music I choose or if it's just that I just need to go out there and compete like I roll because it's not like I listen to music to hype me up before the gym Uh sometimes I'm sitting in the car with no music like yeah I don't have a working radio in the car right now um, Us and vehicles, <laughs> you're terrible. Yeah, and sometimes, like, I can tune out the music at the gym, and when I compete, if I have loud music playing in my, my head before, sometimes either songs get stuck in my head and it's distracting, or I don't know, I think maybe it changes up my mood, so I just don't listen to music, but some people do. Um, if you're weight cutting, making sure that you've got the the right amount of food in your bags when you're in the bullpen, which I learned from you. Yeah, so one of the biggest things is figure out, are you weighing out the day before? Are you weighing in right the morning of? Or are you weighing in immediately before your match? All of these things are going to play a role. Also, how much are you traveling? Mm -hmm. Are you driving? Because you cannot do a significant weight cut and then expect to drive yourself. Yeah. You need to have... A little posse. You need to have your crew Mm -hmm. to be able to take care of you, especially if you are going to be a little bit loopy. I know Mm -hmm. for one super fight, we were going to Nashville, Tennessee, which was like a five-hour drive, and I was cutting weight, Mm -hmm. and Charlesy ended up driving us up there, and by the time we got to the hotel, we forgot that there was time change, so I had an additional (laughs) hour. People pay attention to time changes if you are cutting weight, and we get to the hotel, and I literally am like, 
barely like chewing on an ice cube just to get a little bit of something because I hadn't drank water this entire time. And like am loopy and sleepy. Yeah. Until after I weigh in, I was like a couple pounds under on their scales. Realize the scales are going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So even if you weigh in on your scale at a certain weight, find out does your gym have a scale that you can check your weight? Does somebody else have a scale? Mm-hmm. So you can kind of average across scales to figure out what you are actually at. Yeah, and on that, some tournaments, super fights, competitions, whatever, they will either have you weigh in in your gi or not, right. depending. I don't know how it is. IBJJF, you weigh in on your gi right before your your match. Um, and then there's other places, so like new uh, like new breed, AGF, Naga, stuff like that. You can weigh in earlier, mm-hmm. and the amount of clothing you have on is optional. Yeah. I know I've gone to a couple where like I'm on the line, but I've had like hoodie and shoes and stuff on. Yeah, and they've said you're fine. I, because they're like, especially when kids are running the weigh-in station where they're yeah. like, you can leave your clothes on, it's okay. <laughs> and they like they get embarrassed and they're like, you're like a half pound, but if you took yeah. off your hoodie and sweatpants and stuff like that, you would be on weight. Yeah. Um, well, like, I competed king and queen and it was 135 and under. I just walk in to go weigh myself. I'm in my hoodie and layers of clothes, my shoes. And I'm like, and they're like, weigh yourself. I'm like, okay. And I'm still like way under because sometimes it doesn't yeah. matter. But when you're cutting if weight you close, and you're really close, you want to do, yeah. And also going back to IBJJF. So like say you get there a little bit earlier, uh, especially for IBJJF, they go in order of ranking for kind of like the timeline and scheduling for you to be able to have your match. So if you know you have a couple teammates going immediately, you're not going for an hour, that does not mean go to the snack station if you're very close to weight. Mm-hmm. They do have practice, like, kind of like test scales yes. out near the bullpen that mm-hmm. you can go check yourself. Yeah. If you're close, maybe that means you need to go put a hoodie on, go into the parking lot, start running a couple laps. You know, yeah. you need to go to the bathroom constantly. Yeah, I get frustrated with the IBJJF scale. I don't count on it every time because when I leave here at the gym, because we usually meet at the gym before we go down to Atlanta, and I'll jump on our scale in my gi like I'm weighing in, and it's like, okay, I'm right on. Maybe a pound under, because sometimes I like to give myself that pound. IBJJF, the test scale, still tells me I'm a pound under. Go on the actual scale, and I'm like... Three pounds under, and I'm like, hey. hey, but here's the thing it's better. But you never know. Because you will be disqualified. Mm-hmm. My first coach, Jay, he tells me this one of his first IBJJFs, he was 0.1 over on the actual scale, and he was disqualified. Yeah. 0.1 pounds. Mm-hmm. So whenever they say, this is your weight, yeah. you obey. Yeah. So it's. And on that, yeah. Know the weight of your gi. If you are weighing in in your gi, and like we said the previous episode, where it's maybe if you haven't weighed yourself, you need to try and weigh yourself, see your weight fluctuation, yeah. see what your actual weight is, and see what first thing in the morning you haven't, like after you've gone to the bathroom, you haven't eaten or drank anything, mm-hmm. what your weight is then. Yeah. That's a really good discrepancy to figure out your water weight, mm-hmm. right? And just full weight, your fill yeah. weight. But also know the weight of your gi. You have to add the weight of your gi to yourself. So if you need to cut, you need to understand how much are you actually cutting for yourself mm-hmm. and how much are you cutting for the weight of your gi. Yeah. Like my competition gi weighs three pounds. Yeah. 
So I always have to, like, if I'm cutting, I'm like, okay, we've got to go down to this weight so I have the weight of my gi. And sometimes if I have a backup gi, I can put that in my bag just in case the one that I'm wearing rips. But I weigh myself in the gi that I know. I'm like, I'm definitely competing in this one. Um, so every time I weigh myself in the gym as I'm cutting weight and after training, then I'll, I'll weigh myself with my mm -hmm. gi on and my sports bra. And, and one thing, you know, especially going on the gis, and we can talk about what's a pack and everything in a minute, but... Competition gis are normally a little bit slimmer fit, mm -hmm. a little bit sturdier material, a little bit tighter, but they still have to fall within gi regulations. So especially yeah. for IBJJF, they have some good guidelines online where they have, where you can have your patches, where you can have uh, stuff on your gi, mm -hmm. where, where everything is legal, and you have to follow that. Because if you don't, and your gi is not legal, you better have a backup. Yeah. So I, I always pack two. Yeah, and I'll explain why in a second. Um, my very first IBJJF was as a white belt, and this was before I had, like, nutrition and stuff under control. And so it was the day before all of us were like, we're a little bit over. Let's go sweat. Well, I had the gi I was going to compete in, and then all these layers, so all of us got really gross. Well, the hotel had washing machines. So all of us were like, okay, we're all going to wash our knees. It's going to be great. Our geese did not dry by the time we were competing, and that was going to be extra weight. Yeah. So I, the entire time I was like, this is the one I wanted to wear, because this is my most comfortable. It was my first gi. Yeah. So I was like, I really want to wear my first gi. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't a huge fan of white geese at the time, because in my mind, there was bad luck. You know yeah. how like the home team, every time they wear white, normally is when they lose. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, if I wear white gi, I'm going to lose. Like, <laughs> white belt drama. Um, and... I didn't want to put the damp gi on because I was so terrified of weight. So I needed that backup gi. And then even then with my backup gi, once I got to the finals, I ended up like winning my first IBJJF mm -hmm. as a white belt. And I got to the finals and on the mats, he rechecked my gi because he didn't think that the length of the sleeves were long enough. Yeah. So you'll notice it's going to be the length of the sleeves, length of the pants, where all of your patches and stuff are, how much it's going to cross over, how long mm -hmm. the skirt is. Um, they actually will check how much grip they have in the sleeve. So if it's very tight and very snug and nobody can get a grip, that's also illegal. So you yeah. have to check and make sure that your gi is legal. IBJJF is going to be one of the ones that are more stringent upon those policies. Yeah. Other places are like, we don't care what color. Like IBJJF, you've got white, blue, black. Yeah. Other places, you can show up in like a pink gi and tie-dye. Yeah. I know those are some of the really fun ones yeah. to see. Because, I mean, I think one of the AGFs, a guy was in like this bright-ass pink gi. Uh -huh. And it was great. <laughs> but, yeah, bring a second gi. Yeah. Um, clothes to change in. Like, I think about it, too, is like if I'm, what would I do when I'm like traveling? Like doing like a day yeah. trip. So, I ride down in comfortable clothes Things that will keep my muscles warm. That's a lot of stuff I learned from you. Everything I learned about competition day, I've learned from you. So basically, I'm just going to say All the same the, shit. I've learned exactly. very hard what, I, but, what I'm like, oh, I wish I had that. If you have a hoodie, there's one thing to have a hoodie, and then there's one thing to have a giant-ass hoodie that goes over your gi top. Yeah. I learned that the hard way because I always brought a fitted, gi, a fitted hoodie, so I would yeah. have to put it under my gi top, and then you only have a couple seconds once they call your name and getting on the mat. So you're having to like take off your layers, take the hoodie back off, put your gi top back on, yeah. and at that point they're getting pissed at you. Yeah. So if you have a large enough gi, a large enough hoodie, sorry, that goes over your gi top in order to keep you warm, by the time you walk up to the mat, you only have one layer to take off. Yeah. Or like a zip up. Yeah. So having like one really large piece of clothing 
is a lot easier than having to like remove layers. Yeah. Just uh, it just makes it easier. Yeah, and it's basically just stuff to keep your muscles warm. Yeah, Another you don't want to get cold. For ladies, find a sports bra you know you're comfortable in. Yeah. Like, what is one of your favorite sports bras to wear to train in? Um, that's just something I think about when I'm like, okay, what sports bra am I going to wear that's not either not going to be distracting? Something that feels like you're not even wearing bra, basically, if that makes sense. You want something a little bit lighter. You want it to have enough control so mm -hmm. you're like, oh, my titties aren't popping out. Yeah. But light enough that you're not worried about weight because some yeah. of the high impact are also heavy. Yeah. And you have, I would recommend the week of weigh in and either the spats, bra, rash guard combo, mm -hmm. that is what you need to practice weighing in. Yeah. Not just like your underwear. You need to practice weighing in what you would be wearing. Yeah. So, like, I would even bring that to the gym sometimes and change into it. And I also had, like, a backup being, like, if I'm on weight, I'm going to wear my spats because that's what I'm comfortable in. If I'm close to weight, I'm going to wear, like, booty shorts mm -hmm. or, like, Spanx. Because they are lighter weight, Yeah, I'm not as comfortable wearing those. Yeah. But I will. Yeah. I'll wear, like, Nike Pros. Yeah. yeah. Just to just to be on the safe side, it's usually Nike Pro Sports Bra, Mikey. Um, but up until the weigh-in point, like, if you've done the test weigh-in, you feel good, you eat, let's say, like, for me, I'll eat a banana and maybe, like, a hard-boiled egg. Um, I start sipping on Pedialyte and water. Yeah. Um, all of those things that I feel like my body's been depleted of. And then... I'll have clothes that will keep me warm. So it's like sweatpants over my gi pants, mm -hmm. you know, all these things. So when I get close to going, once I'm warm and I feel good, then I'll just take strip all that off and then just have my sports bra, my Nike Pro, and then uh, my Nike Pros, and then uh, my gi. Yeah. And you know, some girls, you want to just wear a bra underneath your gi top, perfectly mm -hmm. fine. Other girls, you want to wear a rash guard. Again, yeah. make sure you know, is your rash guard legal? Yep. Is it going to be distracting? Yeah. I know some of them roll up, and if you're so busy trying to, like, reach through your gi and pull your rash guard down in the middle of a match, maybe don't wear it at all. Yeah. I'd rather not wear something than be annoyed by it. Or, yeah. Or be so focused on it, it distracts me. I feel like when you're out there and you're competing, you don't want to have something that is going to distract you at all. Because it's like, if you're in the gym rolling... And, you know, your rash guard pulls up or whatever, your bra is uncomfortable. You, you stop and adjust it. You don't have the you time. You can't do that in a tournament. Like yeah. I, you know, I think everybody makes those mistakes, but, and then on the gentleman's side, depending on the tournament, you will or will not be allowed to wear anything under your gi top. I know a lot of tournaments, the guys have to be shirtless underneath their gi tops. Really? I didn't know that. You know, yeah. So like I've judged like you're not allowed to wear shirt. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you've read the rules to see what are you actually allowed and not allowed to wear. Um, you have to have shoes on whenever you are not on the mat, just like at the gym. Nobody wants all this nasty shit on your feet to come on the mats where we're going to go rolling around. Yeah. So always have your shoes on. That's why you see so many people have flip-flops and sliders. Because yeah. it's easier to take them on, put them on, like, put them on, take them off, yeah. etc. And if you have cold feet, cold extremities like me, I always wear socks with my sliders. And yeah. Tennis just comfortable clothes. Like, at least if you get there and you know you're going to be there a couple hours early, mm -hmm. just feel comfortable and warm. Like, just put yourself... One... I want to be in that state of discomfort, and mm -hmm. then the closer I get to my match, then it's... Yeah. And I know if y'all are like me, you're kind of hoarders where you bring this big bag of stuff, and mm -hmm. we can go over, again, some of the things that you should be bringing, 
But when you are either in the bullpen, you don't want to carry all that shit around. So sometimes mm-hmm. I recommend actually bringing like a smaller drawstring to have a snack, water, somewhere to put your hoodie. But one of the biggest things you have to have is a form of identification. Yes. IBJ, IBJJF, you have your membership card. Your membership or card or your legal, yeah, legal tender a, for identification. A government issued ID. Exactly. ID. You have to have these. Do not forget them on the score table when yeah. you leave. Yeah. Make sure you have your phone. Make sure you have your shit. Make sure you've got your earphones and AirPods and all that stuff. Yeah. The only person responsible for those things are you. Yeah. And hopefully you're lucky enough to where you have your team and your coaches, maybe a significant other, friends, family members that can hold your stuff to right there because they'll usually Yeah, if they up. if they are at the pin, yeah. You can normally hand them some of yeah. your things cuz they'll you be have- over that little partition. You yeah. Know what I'm talking about. So sometimes sometimes it is a matter of just handing them or they will remind you because in the heat of the moment you might just like run off the mats. Yeah. Or if you're like, oh, I've got to get back to the bullpen so I can come back out here. Um, depending on how busy things are, you may or may not, after your match, if you win, you may or may not be returned to the bullpen and they will come back and get you. Yeah. Or you will remain by the mat. So yeah. make sure you are prepared and ready in case you have to go again. Yeah. And too, with IBJJF and other tournaments too, where coaches are, coaches may not have those corners. They're not going to have those corner chairs or IBJJF. IBJJF. They are going to be behind, behind the, the partition. partition. So... That's another thing is know your coach's voice or sometimes you can have teammates, you can identify their voices. Sometimes like with David, it's hard to hear him, but if there are other people coaching with David who are helping me, sometimes I can identify them. Yeah. So I will hear Hoffa every day of the week because he gets so excited. He will be like jumping up and down, holding onto those partitions and be like, if somebody could get thrown out right now, it'd probably be Hoffa. Yeah. It's usually the Brazilians who are very, uh, what's the word? Excited, yeah. Um, Um, Also, if you do not speak Portuguese, you are not going to learn it. Day of competition. So if your coach starts yelling, gets excited, and starts yelling at you in Portuguese, and you only understand English, this is a conversation you need to have a little bit earlier. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, and or if there are people you want to coach you, like, um, maybe sometimes you and your coach, like, you might get frustrated with the way your coach coaches, like. David talks about this with Hoffa. He's like, Hoffa, I don't want you coaching me for my matches. I need so-and-so to coach me because Mm -hmm. some people can't handle the... Too much. Yeah, they can't handle that excitement. Well, and it's also figuring out what kind of coaching works best for you. So, for those of you in the beginning, you don't know what coaching does, like what coaching is best for you. If you have a coach, be appreciative. I've had many competitions where I haven't had anybody. Mm-hmm. The coach is not going to walk you step by step and hold your hand. They are going to call out a couple things, give you a couple options, remind you to breathe, to play your game, to do the, what you've worked on. But they are not going to spoon feed you. And if no. they do, then you need to get better so that they don't have to spoon feed yeah. you. Yeah, and we're really lucky because I think we have a good team because really we fall under alliance yeah i'm registered under alliance when it comes to competing and uh and that comes in handy when there are multiple of us competing yeah majority of the time it's all at the same time so like last time you jacob and i so jacob is a white belt guy here he's actually going to be going to pan so if you see him give him good luck for us um we will all be going at the same time on different mats on the opposite side of the mm-hmm. gymnasium from each other. So half the time it's, okay, this coach goes with this person. This coach goes with this person. And, like, the last IBJJF, it was, I met a black belt. Hey, this person's coaching you. Him and I, like, had, like, a sentence conversation. It was like, okay, yeah. go time. And he coached me. Yeah. So 
having a network to be like, if your coach isn't there, that you don't panic. Yeah. Or even the understanding of you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a coach, it's not the end of the world. Don't panic if your coach isn't there. Mm-hmm. Do what they've trained you until they can get there. Yeah. And or, they, w- they will do what they can. Like, you see people running around. They are trying their best to get there for you. Yeah. And you'll have teammates there as well. Hopefully, you have teammates wherever you're competing um, that can also help coach you. Like, Keely's coached me. Um, I was asked to coach her during a tournament, but it was like... She did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, you were competing against a teammate, too. And two, I'm like, uh, Keely's going to do what she wants. Like, I know she's going to be playing. Because so <laughs> there were multiple times I was like, there's a sweep there. But I'm like, mm, what she's doing does not mean she wants what to she sweep wants. right now. But that's also good because sometimes when you are competing or like how I was playing this past weekend... You get so tunnel vision on what you want and on what you need to do in order to win the match. So like how we said, the competition day is not the day to learn the rules. No. It is not the day to learn how to play the game, for example, if it's a points game. So when your teammate is telling you, you need to come up, that's because they're trying to get you to come up for sweet points. If If you do a double guard pull and your teammates are yelling at you to stand up, that's for you to get points. Yes, and sometimes you can be so, like, like you said, tunnel visioned or disoriented. Because of the weight cut, yeah, you're not going to see or feel things. You're literally or like, I'm surviving at this point, so this match needs to be over, like right now. Or if you don't they know can, how your adrenaline dump's going to feel, yeah, they you can, don't know anything. You're just existing. Yeah, they can call things out, and then you're like, okay, just listen to coach. But there are times, too, where I've been coached on something, and I'm like, I literally can't do that. Like, I'm like, yeah, I've had that. You know when you're trying to show, and you're like, look, I like this is not possible. What else should I be doing? Okay. You know, you have to Tip. like that. Do not, and I repeat, do not. This, this is a pet peeve. This is something that I have been yelled at before. This is something I yell at people. Do not look at your coach. Yeah. Unless, the only exception is I know a couple of girls that train that are deaf. And they can't hear their coaches, so they have to actually watch them to see them sign. That yeah. is an exception. Yeah, that makes sense. But, but if you are looking at your coach like, I don't know what to do. What am I yeah. supposed to do right now? I hope you get beat. I'm going to yeah. tell you that right now. I hope you lose. Because it's not their responsibility to save you. Yeah. They are there to help you. They are not a crutch. Yeah, because sometimes they can see things that you still won't see. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, they're going to have They can a see some angle. submissions coming. Yeah. They can see other things. And they may not also see the whole picture. Mm-hmm. So, like, one time, uh, Iva, she's going to be on the podcast probably next week. Her and I had competed against each other, and at one point she had deep half, and, and David didn't realize that she had an underhook. So, one thing he was telling me didn't work because she had the underhook and yeah. was going to sweep me over. So I yeah. wasn't listening to him. So he was like, why aren't you doing this? And it's like, well, you don't, you don't see the full picture. Yeah. But there's other cases where they see more than you do. Yes. So it's a give and take. It's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a lot of feedback. Yeah. And just, yeah. Like you said, it, it's all about listening and feeling and because it's such a rush. Like I'm, I want to compete. Like it's scary. Like, I think about it, I'm like, God, I want to do another tournament or competition. Like, I want to get out there. I want to feel that again because it's so cool. It sucks, but it's awesome at the same time. But when it does come to that coaching, too, like, if you go, because there are going to be times where people are going to compete on their own. Yeah. Like, let's say there's a local tournament, not so much local, a regional tournament, and they're going to travel a few hours or just going by themselves or, like, hey, I just want to go to this tournament because I'm going to do that. Go and just get 
experience. Competition experience. Yes. Even if you don't compete, if you're interested in competing, go see one. See what the environment is like. See if you can hang. And when your teammates are competing, like, let's say you may not even be interested in competition right now. Maybe you can't compete right now due to injuries. Please go and cheer for your teammates. Like, if, if it's a very local tournament, if it's something reasonable that you can go to, please go and cheer on your teammates and, like, meet other people who train. And I think that's really important, too, is when you have you a You learn more. Yeah, because it's, it's, what's funny is, like, you will be around these people who whoop your ass every day in the gym. Who literally like you're tapping and tapping and tapping too, and then you compete, and they're sitting there cheering for you, and they're telling you what you need to do. Like, and then you're doing amazing because mm-hmm. you get your ass handed to you all the time. And then also the flip side, it's really humbling to see the people that are constantly beating your ass, where they go in and they struggle, mm-hmm. and that's when you realize, oh, they are going against somebody on par with them. Yeah. This is what they are actually like when they are fighting. Yeah. And that, and, and it's also humbling realizing, okay, they're not fighting with me. This is not how they roll with me. They are. Yeah. Me work and it's it's a good self-actualization being like this is their potential uh-huh. and then you can figure out what are they giving you are they giving you their all or are they not because as a teammate so say misty goes out and she does something it's either super supportive or i'm going to come at her and be like you do this shit in the gym yeah why did you not perform today and then yeah. we can go back to the gym and address it or there are things that she did very well in a competition, and I call her out, and I'm like, "You never do this to me. Yeah. Why don't you do this to me? Where is that confidence?" And it's, yeah. you, I'm getting excited just talking about it. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, you see those things where it's like you have those people who are beating your ass every day. You go out and compete, and they're supporting you, and then you get off the mats, and they're like, "Hey, you did good in this aspect. Let's work on this. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to the gym." And do you know what's one of my favorite feelings? Is training. The day after I compete or the day after watching. You can go over, yeah, when you can go over things. You can go over things. It's so fresh. It it kind of, like, also builds a fire where you're like, nope, I want to get back in the gym. Unless it's an injury or you've been training super hard and you're like, no, I I need to take a rest day. I will be there the day after. But for me personally, the training right after a tournament, because I can say, where were my problems? Like, what did I mess up? I will go and I will roll with every single person and try to fix that mistake until it's um, embedded. Exactly. So we talked about during the competition itself when you are the competitor. So we are going to hop out of the sauna, dry off, and then we're going to pick back up with what are some things that you should bring. And if you are a teammate going to support, what are some things you can bring as well to kind of cover your teammates' ass if they may have forgotten or they didn't realize they need? Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Your turn. It's recording. Oh, it's already recording? We're back! (laughs) So, uh, we finally got semi-dry and are in a vehicle now because saunas are wonderful and we've been training all morning. So, picking up where we left off uh, and figuring out what is going on in the parking lot so we can leave. Um, Things to bring and pack and be mindful of whenever you're going, especially if you're traveling a far distance to be able to go to a tournament... You want to make sure that you have things such as clothes to change into, clothes to compete in, your geese. But what about other miscellaneous items? Mm-hmm. So if you think if you are traveling a long distance, I recommend a foam roller or like massage balls or something so that you can roll yourself out once you get there. Because if you've been sitting in a vehicle and then you're immediately going to compete, you might be pretty stiff, especially if you're a guard player yeah. and you're going to be on your back. You want to be able to roll out a little bit. It just alleviates some of that pressure. Finger tape. 
finger tape, other athletic tape. Um, So for some of you that need to tape your ankles, you might need to go ahead and bring pre-wrap athletic tape, scissors, stuff like that so that you're prepared. Maybe a first aid kit. Yeah. Sometimes you want a first aid kit. Um, Especially if you're like there for a teammate. I know I always bring, I have like this bag where I have a bunch of athletic tape, scissors, medical supplies. Yep. And also medicine. ibuprofen migraine whatever meds you already take that you're prescribed um especially like girls you may get your period during the tournament you need menstrual relief if you're cramping you're not paying attention to what you're doing yeah um on that note you want to bring feminine products so that you are prepared or if your teammates or anybody needs them and guys if you have female teammates maybe pack some just in case don't be awkward about it and be like, hey, you know, if you, like, don't prompt them and be like, hey, if you're on your period, I've yeah. got stuff for you. Like, that's just a little weird. But, but, but those are things, so, but, like, or if you come across, like, a female uh, teammate that has that. I would also say if you're a female, an extra sports bra, dry clothes for after the tournament. So, yeah. Um, and, like, a towel. Like, a small yeah. towel. Like, it doesn't even need to be, like, a big old beach towel. Yeah. And also finding out. Maybe you've been to that venue before and you know if they have showers or not. If you have a long drive back and you're not going to a hotel first, maybe consider being able to rinse off. So bringing stuff to be able mm-hmm. to do that. Maybe having a little extra bag in or like a drawstring bag in the vehicle that has just like shampoo, body wash, and a towel. Yeah. And like she said, an additional pair of dry clothes, sweatpants. Trust me, no one wants to put on when you are hot and sweaty and you try to get that bra off, you don't want to put a very constricting bra back on. No, and sometimes your teammates want to go out to eat. You all might want to go and get a really good dinner yeah. after you compete. So stuff to change into so you feel comfortable. I'm I'm just that way. I don't like sitting in like a what, you know what I mean? Like I, I can't so. sit in my own stink. Um, <laughs> like I can't. Um, but stuff like that. And then definitely a lot more snacks not just the snacks you're gonna need to fuel you before your matches but you don't know how long everyone's gonna be there especially if you rode with other people yeah I know one of the tournaments we just went to recently I brought a lunchbox and we thought we were only gonna be there for three four hours we were there for like eight no one had any food everybody was grumpy the venue really didn't have food other than pizza and nobody wanted that because we were like we're gonna go out to eat afterwards so I had a ton of granola bars protein bars, small tangerines, bananas, apples in a lunchbox. So everybody, I actually fed everybody. Yeah. So it's pack smart. Yeah. Like when I would go to wrestling tournaments in high school, because I was a wrestling manager, we would be at different school, high schools for like 10 hours to where everybody, I mean, these are all teenage boys rest you know athletes we had a lot of food <laughs> with us but you learn from being in tournaments that you're gonna you could be there all day you could get like you said we could be there for a couple hours you might be in there compete out or you're gonna be there all day and long. I want to point this out especially for the moms where your kids are competing. Some venues will allow you to bring lunch boxes and your own stuff in. Some will not. So sometimes you need to have a better cooler that's in your car. So that when you have a break, y'all are able to go out and maybe tailgate at the car, bring a couple chairs. So I know some people that full up set on, like set up canopies. Because if they're going to be there all day, they set up a canopy, have their chairs in the parking lot. Cooler, stuff like that. You want to bring drinks. 
but you don't want to bring stuff that's going to give them a sugar rush. Like maybe, yeah, give your kid a Capri Sun, but make sure that they are drinking water or they are going to get sick. I have seen one too many kids crash because all they had were like fruity drinks. They let them go to concession. They got a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. Is that a good day to let them do it? Yeah. You know, your kid's competing. You want to have a good experience, but also if they are competing a lot and it's going to be a long day, maybe not let them do that in the beginning. Well, and that might be the first time the kids are experiencing adrenaline dump. Yeah. And then the kids are also going to be very emotional. Mm -hmm. It happens whether they win or lose. A lot of kids in the first couple times are very emotional and they take it very seriously and they're really excited and it might just be a little overwhelming. So by having good food for them, I know you're kind of able to alleviate a little bit of the pressure from like the sugar dump. So I know a lot of people want to bring fruits where they want to bring like pineapple and cantaloupe. Guess what? That gets messy. Yeah. Be smart about how you want to pack and bring things. So make sure that if you go buy something at Walmart, you know, those cheap containers, they leak and it makes a mess. So maybe switch to your own containers, screw top containers, bring plastic silverware, bring baby wipes. Yeah or paper towels or something because they will make a mess and it will get everywhere and it will be sticky. Nobody wants their kid to roll with a kid that's sticky. Yeah. So even adults, I know I always have like a small pack of baby wipes and plastic silverware because if I bring like a big container of pineapple or watermelon because those are really good, easy sugars and if you don't eat a lot of it, you don't get sick in between matches. Yeah. Or if you're doing like ghee and then an hour later you're going to do no ghee, you don't want to have a big meal but you're hungry for something. Yeah. And you want something, maybe you want something a little bit sweeter. Yeah. So that's always nice, especially because you don't want everybody's bare hands reaching into a container, especially if they've been rolling on the mat with everybody else. So having a couple of like plastic forks and spoons, it's nice because then everybody can take one and then they're done. And it's a little bit cleaner and healthier all the way around. Yeah, I agree. I think those are all good, good things. But I'm also the type of person that like, if I know I'm going to be somewhere all day, I always have snacks and stuff. Just stuff to make you... The stuff to make you comfortable, basically. Yeah. I think a lot of that is about comfort. Also, if you have, like, a pain rub, I was going to say this, like, some sort of, like... Yeah. We like CBD rub. Some people don't. Uh, some people might have other stuff. One of my that. favorite is the Black Belt CBD Roller. Uh-huh. And it's mainly... I don't use it before because, you know, I'm, I'm respecting the person I'm rolling with because yeah. I, if they are not comfortable with that, I don't want that to rub off on them and then be, like, you're oiling up yeah, kind of deal. Yeah, but you might have a pre-existing that might flare up after you get done competing or you might get injured dirt you might get injured during the tournament and you want something to help reduce the inflammation immediately following in addition to maybe have like if you are bringing a little med kit and I know I'm better about this when I'm going for teammates rather than when I'm competing to pack stuff like this but I have like one of those instant ice packs because they are supposed to have a first aid station quote-unquote at the tournaments half the time they won't have anything or they won't give you anything yeah so be prepared in case anything happens that you have what you need and or want to alleviate any kind of discomfort you would have well either that or like you might have something small like even just a hangnail that starts bleeding you want a band-aid bring nail clippers one of my yeah (laughs) bring nail nail clippers, clippers or if you didn't just make sure you um Trim your nails. Trim and file your Even nails. if you're in the parking lot, you trim your nails. Yeah. You will see everybody hovering over trash cans, clipping their nails before a competition. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I'm trying to think of what else. If you know that you are going to be, like, 
there's no seating. Uh, extra hair ties. Extra hair ties. Extra yep. hair ties. Girls, extra hair ties. Extra hair ties. Okay. Depending on the venue, there may or may not be extra seating. So sometimes you can either bring your own kind of like lawn chair and set up shop. I know a lot of AGF tournaments people do this and you can kind of sit along the wall. Um, Some people bring small roll-up mats so that they can stretch out and be able to have their own warm-up area. Some places will or will not have a warm-up area or it's going to be so crowded you don't even want to go over there. Yeah. That some people bring their own roll-up mats or blankets, pillows, stuff like that. Whatever is going to be comfortable. Note every time we say more things you're going to be bringing more things so just be aware of how much you do or do not want to bring with you or if you're with a group it's fine to bring a bunch of stuff because all of y'all can put your stuff together mm-hmm. at jiu-jitsu tournaments people are really good about not touching other people's shit yeah because you you who knows you might be messing with a black belt and they're going to come beat your ass yeah everybody's pretty good about leaving stuff alone it's actually one of the few sports events where i've felt comfortable being able to leave a bag with all mm-hmm. of my team stuff being like this is our zone nobody's gonna mess with our stuff when we come back and nobody's sitting there they leave us alone or it's my other teammates watching over our stuff Mm -hmm. yeah i think those are the big things oh one last thing i wanted to hit on we talked about mentality the other day and preparation getting ready stuff like that day of it's one match at a time yes if you won your match it don't focus on the negative. Don't be like, I only won that match because of a technicality or of an advantage. Because you're going to carry that into your next match. Yep. Each match is its own world. If you go in thinking about the finals and you're not present in your current match, you may lose. If you go into the next match and you're thinking of the previous match, you may lose. So it's just be in the moment. Yeah. And have small goals to, like, like you said, being in the moment and each match like worry about your first match don't worry about the matches after that like you said or sometimes you might do really well in your first match carry that into your next match because the mistakes that I've made as far as mindset have been I settle to be like you know what I made it to the semi-finals I'm on a podium I'm not worried about my next matches Uh no I probably should have pushed myself yeah. The next one. But but in also in terms of energy for the adult competitors realize you need to kind of pace yourself. You can't go balls to the wall and try all this fancy stuff in your first match if you have like 10 more matches because you're going to yeah. gas and then you're going to lose. Yeah. So it's you have to toe the line of thinking about your current match, planning ahead, but doing what you need to do in order to get that next match. Yeah. And then also this made me think of one other thing moms with or dads with kids your kids are competing if your kids get upset or if something happens it's like I said it's very emotional I highly recommend giving the coach an opportunity to talk with them first yeah. I know your parental instinct and I don't know 100% because I don't have kids I, I cannot relate to you on that. So I'm, I'm not gonna, trying to step on toes. I'm going to say this. But give them an opportunity to handle your kid in this situation because they've yeah. been there and they know your kid on this level. Yeah. And I'm going to say this too for parents with kids competing who have never brought their kids to tournament, tournaments or who have. I've worked a tournament and I've dealt with really terrible parents and coaches um, when it comes to like getting their kids as medals or whatever that tournament's doing. 
be respectful of the people putting on the tournament and how they may do things. So I'm not going to say the, the tournament that I worked for, but I worked a tournament and when it came to like getting your medals, we don't, it was a very small tournament. This is not IBJJF level. Like it's very small. You have to come up and check to see if your name's been updated in the computer to get your medal. Also, if you want a picture with the people you, you placed with, like on the podium, you have to round those people up yourself. We don't have a system to get everybody over there at the same time. So be respectful of that and um, have good sportsmanship as parents because sometimes your kids have better sportsmanship than you. Like I'm just going to say it because a lot of coaches deal with this as well. Um, the parents need to have good sportsmanship. Some parents actually do jujitsu too, so they understand it. They're probably they're a lot more chill. They have they're more <laughs> chill. They have that experience. But if you're a parent who doesn't train but your kid trains, you display good sportsmanship because you know you're not there doing the training for them. Yes, you're paying for them um, to do their training, but you don't know what it is like to train within the sport. And yeah. so I'm going to go ahead and say that because I do get really irritated with the way some of the parents behave when they don't actually train themselves. Like it's crappy when your child is displaying better sportsmanship than you are. And that goes into also the adults that are competing because there's, there can be some bad sportsmanship. We understand it's expensive. We understand not only registration, paying to get there, working to get there, that it's very taxing for you and that in your mind you're like, oh, I should have won. No matter how you feel personally, you do not disrespect the ref, the other coach, or your or your competitor. Yes. Because they are also doing all of this to come out there. They yeah. tap, you tap, it's over. Yeah. I was And um, you and you allow them to have their moment of winning. Yeah. Like if if you're upset that they're getting their hand raised and you walk off, that's that's very poor on your part. Yeah. They won, allow them to have that moment. And always, I know I always shake the ref's hands and I go to my competitor's coach and shake their hands Yeah. and thank them for the opportunity to be able to come out and compete with their student and for being there for their student. Just, you know, this camaraderie in jujitsu is only, it, it only exists when we build it up. Yeah. And as far as being a woman in the sport, cause we will touch on the topic of being women and competing and showing up for each other. You don't have to be woo woo. It doesn't have to be kumbaya. It doesn't have to be kumbaya. Yes, like girl power. But what we need to do is be more supportive of women training in the sport because it's really hard to keep women in the sport and have women compete. Our competitor pool is so small. Yeah. On the grand scale, our competitor pool is super small. Um, It's acknowledgement. Yeah. So we need to have better. You came out here. I see you. Yeah. I see you. I'm here for you. You're here for me. Let's do this. Yeah. Because when you have that, it's just supporting the women in the sport and the women who want to compete. Because, yeah, we do have women who come and train. They're either doing this because they just need a small outlet. Um, they need, they're learning some self-defense. They're just doing something for them. That's cool. And then we have women who want to compete. We have women who are training multiple classes a day, every day of the week. You know, they're getting their ass kicked by everyone. Um, 
and they're wanting to show up to compete, but we've got to be supportive of each, of each other in that aspect. Like, yeah, I've cried after losing, but when I cry after losing, it's nothing on my competitor. It's about me and what I felt to do. Yeah. Because I knew better. But it had nothing to do with me being like, I'm going to disrespect this. It was like, no, they beat me because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. They they out-techniqued me. Like they, exactly. They have more experience. Well, that and then that credit. Especially as you progress jujitsu, you get some color on your belt. You will see the same competitors over and mm-hmm. over and over again. Why build a shitty relationship with somebody you're going to see all the time? Yeah, it's fine to be have a friendship with somebody and be like, okay, it's cutthroat time. We're gonna we're gonna give each other the best we got and have that camaraderie where you are able, like you are able to have that relationship with a person, being like. We're going to see each other at every tournament. Yeah. It's going to be give and take. That's a good side of competition where it's like, you got me today. I'm going to get you tomorrow. Yeah. And I've had people beat me and I've wanted to go train with them where I'm like, yeah, you beat me. I need to go train with you. Because I need you to kick my ass time. so I can beat you. <laughs> and having that too, because it was like, even when we were in Florida and did AGF and my first match, that girl beat me. When I went to go shake her coach's hand, they were like, your jujitsu was really good. Mm-hmm. They were like that, you know, we were really impressed by that. And I was like, thank you. But even when I was in that competitor pool, those girls literally said, they were like, you can join us. We know how hard it is to be a female competing in yeah. this sport. I know at other, again, another AGF tournament, you can tell we just have a theme. We love AGF. Um, I call it my day of build a bracket where I knew some of the people in the bullpen and they'd call me over. At one point, I thought I was competing, and I was, like, stripping in the middle of the gymnasium, trying to get ready, thinking it was like, oh, my God, my nogi's right now. And I would run over there, and they're like, no, you're not competing. We had so-and-so not show up. Will you jump in this bracket? This person doesn't have anybody. Will you jump in this bracket? By developing relationships with people, it also is going to give you more opportunities in other divisions you wouldn't normally do. Maybe, for example, one person was the same rank, but they were 50 pounds heavier. Yeah. And it wasn't an absolute. I had the opportunity to see if I could roll with somebody that was heavier than me. I had another one where it was the same weight, but the girl was advanced and I was still an intermediate for Nogi. So it gave me an opportunity to go up um, in addition to my own divisions. Not even just moving me into moving the divisions or combining the divisions, but I was able to do that in addition to to be able to fill some of these holes. And that was because I had developed a relationship with some of these people that they knew this person's ready to go. Yeah. You need somebody, let me go get this person. Yeah. That is something I personally want to be known for. I want to be known as the person that you need somebody, she's there and she's going to commit. Yeah, cuz like I said, we'll touch on this topic where we have to show up for each other as women a little bit more than the guys do because there's so few of us like we're few and far between like yeah I mean it's bigger than what it was but But we still have a lot of improvement yeah we do and a lot of that goes into having good sportsmanship not only when you're competing but when you're cross training too I'm going to say this do not look at other women yes we're we can kind of like compete we are competitors but we are not each other's competition like if you your teammates should not be your competition. If you go cross train and you're just cross training and getting some roles in, that is not competition training. You guys are not out to get a medal. Like there's no point in either, you know, making people feel unwelcome or stamp being standoffish or doing these things. Because what that does is it 
makes it even harder for us to stick with this. Like, yeah, yeah. someone like that's not going to make me quit, yeah. of course. Like, I know we kind of sidetracked, but we but are going to have a full that, discussion on that, too. part of that is the sportsmanship. It, it, it's really that. And, like, if we go into, like, the parents with the children thing, these kids are watching how you're reacting to them taking a loss or um, taking a win, for that matter. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. You might have a kid... I'm going to say this. You might have a kid that's really good locally. Really good locally. Put that kid in a bigger tournament. He's probably not going to be as good as a lot of his competition. And they so, may have never dealt with loss before. Yeah. You may, you may have one that, while you've also built up their confidence, borderline cockiness, but kids, it's all, it's all toe in the line, right? Yeah. So everybody's emotional whether you're an adult, whether you're a kid, whether you're a ref, whether you're a coach, it's a very taxing day. So just be patient with one another. Be sportsmanlike. Have plenty of snacks. Mm-hmm. Be prepared. If you don't have something, it's not the end of the world. Don't feel like you have to also go spend a bunch of money. Yes, at the tournaments they will be selling stuff. That doesn't mean you actually need to buy it. Yeah. Is it great to support the co- the businesses and purchase stuff? Yes. But don't feel like you have to make yourself go broke Yeah. in paying all of these entrance fees, stuff but, like that. But shout out to Bad Monkey. Oh, yeah. They spawn. <laughs> okay, so Bad Monkey Gear is local to Greenville, South Carolina. They sponsored the tournament that uh, I was just in this past weekend. It was at ECMA Summer Thunder, held by Will Sutton and Hannah Mason. They did an absolute wonderful job. That was probably the one tournament that was the closest to time frame, like our time hacks, that I've ever been to before. It was so good. And it was fun. It was, they brought everybody in the local community to be able to have jujitsu because all of the tournaments had been clo- had been canceled or closed. Everything uh, has been restricted to certain uh, occupancy sizes or registration limitations. And people, while they wanted, for example, a lot of us wanted to go to PANS, but we missed out. Yeah. So it was a wonderful opportunity and beat in Bad Monkey supported them and sponsored them and we got some amazing gear from them this past week. Yeah, I spent Check money, them out. money I didn't plan on spending, but we... But they made the... Rash guards yeah. and their t-shirts were super soft, so I just wanted to shout them out because their stuff was awesome, and yeah. I spent money on it at a competition, and I never do that. Like, I rarely buy crap at a... Well, it's not crap, but I buy <laughs> stuff at a competition. Anyways, so today we went over competition day, a little bit of day of in terms of like traveling, weigh-ins, what to bring, what to do, how to be, how to act. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, just suggestions, a couple of mindset, uh, dealing with kids, dealing with coaches. Again, thank y'all for listening. Uh, Our next episode is actually going to be on burnout and overtraining and when to identify it in order to kind of pump off the brakes a little, uh, maybe like put on the brakes a little bit before your competition so that you feel great the day of. Yes.